Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, Washington football fans? Welcome to the Birdie Network podcast with Josh Taylor and Brian Murphy. I uh, appreciate y'all tuning into the first episode. We got a lot of great feedback, and I definitely appreciate that. Uh, we had a blast. We're coming back on this episode to talk about a lot of things that have been going down, including the practice and the scrimmage that went down today on Monday. Uh, we're going to be releasing this podcast Tuesday morning, so I just want to get everybody caught up on that. And then do a little breakdown on the in-depth for the roster. Uh, but real quick, Brian, what do you think of the first episode? Just kind of diving straight into it. What do you think about it? Yeah, I'm excited, man. We were just kind of talking beforehand. I can't believe that the football season is less than two weeks away. I mean, the the first game is next week, and then the Washington football team is playing two Sundays from now. It's insane to think about. So uh, it's time to dive right in. So I'm glad we did it, and I'm glad we're we're getting right at it. And I look forward to doing it all season long. Yeah, it, like you said, you know, the, we're playing the Eagles in less than two weeks now, and they have a lot of injuries coming up. So it might help us out. Something we'll have to talk about going into this season. Like I said, we're going to talk about roster breakdowns, and then we're going to do some predictions for the season. So stay tuned. We got a lot for you. But first thing first, Ron said this Sunday's practice was the most important of the off season. And it definitely felt like it. What was your biggest takeaway going out of the uh, practice on Sunday? Uh, I just like the, I mean, I think we touched on it a little bit last week. I think I just liked that the guys were hitting each other and they were taking it serious. And I, I heard that Ron was kind of telling guys to take this seriously and to realize that even if you're a veteran, you still got to get out there and get hit. And then I just love, uh, I love seeing Chase Young stuff, Adrian Peterson. I love seeing some of the plays be made. Um, it just it felt like real football and I think that the guys took it that way and uh, I think that's really important with this uh, shortened offseason or not shortened but you know weird offseason with no preseason that's really important so I just like the intensity and I think that's what Ron Rivera brings and I, I hope that carries over to to when the games actually mattered but just the overall intensity the hitting obviously you know we were a little worried about Jonathan Allen sounds like he's gonna be okay sounds yeah. like he is okay um, but it sounds like the guys needed to hit each other a little bit and it, it went well yeah like you said in the last episode you know we're going straight into full games there's no preseason game so this pretty much is our warm-up um, so yeah Jonathan Allen did get hurt but as Ron Payne said he's all right um, <laughs> so I'm yeah, not worried right. about that at all that was a very good uh, medical evaluation by Dron Payne. Um, but Chase Young, I mean, it honestly feels like, you know, we, we knew he had a lot of hype coming into this. And, you know, we see the videos of what he can do. But it already feels like we're watching a guy who's been in the league for a couple of years. Like, he's just so natural at the position. Has it exceeded your expectations so far, what you've seen out of him just on the practice field? I, well, I just like hearing what his peers are saying about him. I like that they say that he carries himself as a veteran as opposed to a rookie. And I think we're going to have to kind of temper our expectations. Obviously, the sky is the limit for this guy, but we got to remember that he is a rookie. So when he has an off day or, you know, he doesn't show up in the stat sheet for one game, we just got to remember that he's a rookie. But so far, it sounds like, uh, you know, 
experts and, and guys who have been around football have said that he has exceeded their expectations. So that makes me excited. Um, you know, I don't want to put too much pressure on him because he's coming into yeah. a team that wasn't very good, has a new coaching staff, you know, has two new coordinators to go along with a new head coach. So, you know, who knows? There might be some uh, growing pains, but so far, so good. And I think that he is uh, living up, I mean, as much as you can in the offseason, off season, he's living up to that number two overall pick. And I just can't wait to see him out there in a game situation. Yeah, I think he's really coming into a good position, honestly, with, you know, having a new head coach, but also a new defensive coordinator. We've heard a lot of players say, you know, the schemes work a lot better than they have in the past. It's more natural. They're playing to more of the players, uh, betters of their game, like the positives. And they're not doing anything they're uncomfortable with. So I feel like, you know, if he was to come onto this team, like right now with Del Rio, Del Rio's going to know what to do with him. I mean, both him and and uh, Ron Rivera have worked with great pass rushers in the past, so they know what they're doing, But and I feel like the people around him are also going to be elevated. And there's some guys we're going to talk about that have been stepping up, um, coming into these training camps, and you know trying to make those roster spots that we'll talk about. Um, but one guy, the one that everyone's been talking about you know, going into the season, Dwayne Haskins, he, everything that goes on this season is around him. And there's been some off days, you know, we've heard Ron Rivera say, you know, like, I didn't like this practice. I felt like we could do better. But Sunday, I feel like Dwayne Haskins was at his best. Um, we heard a lot of positives about how sharp he was. He's been making good decisions. He's been building these connections with some of these new players. How important is that, you know, having all these new coaches, and all these new players, you know, getting that connection right away in a really weird offseason? Yeah, I think that honestly, he just needs to, like you said, just limit the mistakes. I think that Scott Turner's offense is going to have enough creativity to where he's going to put him in, in, in pretty good situations, you know, motion and and getting, you know, short passes and using the running backs, you know, which is an easy route for a quarterback to complete. So I think just limiting the turnovers and the mistakes is the biggest thing for Dwayne Haskins. Obviously you want to see him make some plays, but sometimes the best plays are, are the ones you don't make. And and I th it sounds like Ron Rivera is just trying to get him to limit those mistakes and on simple throws, just realize, Hey, put it right here. Don't put it right there. Put it, you know, on the outside instead of the inside, that, that kind of thing. And so I, I think that's the, the biggest thing, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see Dwayne. I think that he kind of needs a fresh start as much as, you know, it's only a second year, yeah. but I think he could use a fresh start after going through two different systems and potentially a coach that didn't even want him and all that. So I, I'm just excited to see what he does. And like you said, it, it sounds like he's been making some good decisions, making some good throws. And uh, so I, I'm excited for this year. You know, it, it's his year, it's his season to, to make something out of it and uh, we'll see what he does with it yeah if you honestly think there's any kind of competition you're crazy I know Alex Smith's on the field again he's not going to play contact football um, I mean Kyle Allen has taken over that role as a backup I think he realizes that he accepts it that's just part of the team so I feel like Dwayne Haskins is 100% it there's no talks of any kind of battles I mean if you remember last season with Colt McCoy and Case Keenum that's we literally heard up until pretty much game time of like week one of who was the starter was going to be and just right. everyone no one knew it was just a huge question mark Jay liked his guys but this season just feels completely different and Dwayne took over that changing his body changing his mindset saying you know I need to step up and be a leader more and just hearing him talk more is so refreshing 
Um, and I do think this offense with the schemes is going to help him out a lot because, you know, you, you have all these motions pre-snap. You have all these weapons. You know, we can say running back, wide receiver, but I feel like this offense is more just weapons. You have receivers that can run on plays. You have running backs that can catch on plays, go out and run actual routes and stuff like that. So I think that's going to be something that's really important this season is that scheme and him getting that down and just not overcomplicating things, just saying like, hey, Dwayne, this is the play. This is your first look. This is your second look. If not, get rid of the ball. Don't make any mistakes, like you said. So I'm really interested to see how quickly he picks that up and not having that preseason could hurt. So that's why I was really interested to see how he's done in these training camps and in the scrimmage that went that went on today. And it sounds like he's picking up exactly where we hope he would. Um, but looking at all the offensive line on Sunday, it looks like Wes Martin and uh, Dron Christian kind of filled out that left side of the line. You know, that's pretty much to me the biggest question mark on our offensive line. Who do you think uh, was going to fill that left side? I think it's the guys you mentioned. Uh, it sounds like they've been getting most of the run. And so if they've been taking the reps, you know, those are the guys I want in there. It still just makes me super nervous. I, I don't have a lot of confidence in, especially Jerron Christian. Um, I hope that he's taking a leap here in, in year three, but we'll see. I, it just leaves me super nervous that, you know, there's talk of, you know, if a veteran tackle becomes available, that might be, a better option uh you know that kind of thing it just makes me super nervous and especially when you have a quarterback who needs to have a good year and you're not sure what's going to happen on his blind side it just makes me super nervous and honestly that's my biggest question mark going into the season i, I don't have a lot of confidence i think the right side is okay i think morgan moses oh, yeah. is is a solid starter uh hopefully he's healthy hopefully brandon sheriff's healthy healthy Chase Roulier has been really solid at the center position, but that left side, you know, Wes Martin coming in in year two, is he ready? Is Jerron Christian ready? Uh, I don't know, and, and it, it makes me super nervous. I think we're just going to have to wait and see once they go up against uh, a real-life bullet, once they go up against real-life pass rushers from the Eagles in week one. And so it feels terrifying to have to wait to see it that way. But uh, I trust the coaching staff, and, you know, they've been watching these guys all summer. So I think that they'll put whoever they think has the best shot out there. It just still makes me super uneasy knowing that we have that big of a question mark going into to week one. So I got to ask you, you, you know, you mentioned if a vet was to become available. We heard talks today. We know the Vikings are looking to restructure the contract of Riley uh, Reef. So he, he pretty much told his teammates today, hey, guys, I'm going to get cut because I'm not willing to do that. Is that an option, do you think, that we should look at for that left tackle spot? Yeah, I think it certainly makes sense. I mean, he's 31, but, you know, that that's not a huge deal to me. I think if you're good, you're good, and he's been a, a, a solid tackle in this league. So I think that he would be a, a, a better, younger version of what they tried to do with Donald Penn last year. You know, oh, they yeah. bring in a veteran to lock down that left side until you really find your left tackle of the future, whether that's Sadiq Charles, whether that is Jerron Christian down the line. Um, but if he does become available, I would definitely be – I, I kind of this offseason kind of thought they would go get this veteran kind of guy, try Me to too. find a tackle. I don't know what that would have looked like. Maybe they tried to do that. Maybe that didn't, you know, come together. So – um, maybe Riley Reef does fall into their lap, and I think he would be an instant upgrade over Jerron Christian. Um, yeah, I'd be I'd be all for it, but you know that's a that's a big if. Um, so you got to hope that Jerron Christian's ready to go 
because there's no guarantee that a, a veteran's going to become available. You know that yeah. that's that that sounds great in theory, but that just might not happen. So I hope I listen. I hope Deron Christian is the guy. I think that you know it sounds like he's been doing all the right things. I just I I don't know. I don't. I, we won't know. But I'd rather right now have Riley Reef over Deron Christian. That's oh, just absolutely. me though. And we don't know the exact health of Sadiq Charles. So like, do we have yeah a exactly. Cornelius Lucas is going to have to be the backup for the left and the right side. Like, I don't know how you feel about that. And, you know, we do have this history of injuries. You hate to bring it up, but knock on wood, our offensive line is usually the first that gets hit with the injury bug. So just me being comfortable, absolutely bring a guy like him in. You have the cap space for, like, what do you have to lose? Let Sadiq Charles, you know, get healthy, not just rush him out into the field in his first season. He hasn't even practiced yet. So, I mean, like I said, season's 11 days away. Do you really kind of bite the bullet that early in the season and say, hey, let's just roll with what we have? Or do you have more of a uh, liability player like Riley Reef? So I, I think we definitely got to take a look at it. Um, and I got to bring up another name that came out today. I've, <laughs> I sent a tweet out. I love dropping these tweets because then fans, I mean, they, they eat at it. And you hear the best of both sides, and I love it. But Leonard Fournette became available today. And I have not talked to you about this yet. And I did that on purpose because I just want to get yeah. your initial reaction. Leonard Fournette, yes, no, why? Uh, I gotta say no. I uh, I okay, like <laughs> I like yeah I like the player. Um, I just don't know if you you need another running back. I feel like we just have a full running back room uh, mm-hmm. right now, and I, I I'm more excited for a guy like Antonio Gibson or or Bryce Love or J D McKissick. Excuse me. Um, I'm more excited for those guys just for what they can do uh, receiving and just being young guys. Um, Leonard Fournette, it, it's crazy to me. He's 25, but to me, it feels like he's like 30 he because of 40. how much, yeah, because of how <laughs> much he's been used, uh, by Jacksonville. I think they just kind of wore him out and, you know, hopefully he lands somewhere and has a big year, but I, I just don't see it. I think that the, the tread is gone from those tires and, uh, I'd rather stick with Adrian Peterson and our, our little group, our gaggle of young guys than, than try to go get a guy who's going to want to demand the the bulk of the carries and could potentially become an issue down the line. I, I'm I'm cool with where we're at with running back right now, and I don't think Leonard Fournette would answer any any questions for, for this team. So that's your prediction. I heard you say the four uh, running backs is AP, Gibson, Bryce Love, and J.D. McKissick. That's, that's the four that you have making it? Yeah, I think so. But, see, we're hearing stuff that, that, you know, it seems like Bryce Love is not taking as many reps as it sounds like yeah. he should be or or was originally so i wonder if he's not fully there health wise which kind of opens the door for but Peyton i'm okay Carver. with that like I'm, I'm okay that he's not going full blast because i feel really good about gibson and jd mckissick i actually yeah, have love here. as running back three um you know just because i don't think he is ready to go full contact you know as like a with as many carries as he would need to be you know as a second running back i think gibson slid up to number two what do you think yeah, it sounds like they're using them all over the place, and they're they're raving about him. So that makes me ex- excited because I think that he can be a threat out of the backfield. I think he can, you know, can he's solid. You know, he kind of seems small when you're looking at him, but he, he's really not. He he's stout, and yeah. uh, so I I'd be excited if he could take over that spot. I think that would answer a, a lot of questions there, and like you said, give Bryce Love some time to really get right. 
the only thing with that is that it sounds like Peyton Barber, you know, was kind of taking some of those snaps. And maybe that's a precautionary thing, and maybe that's just an end of the camp thing yeah. or something like that. But yeah, I think that Bryce Love beats out Peyton Barber. And I agree with you. I think that uh I think that Antonio Gibson is gonna eventually end up at number two. I'm not sure in in my opinion that he's jumped over McKissick yet. I think just McKissick has been in the league a little bit longer. That's just, you know, what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, do you let Antonio Gibson, you know, you're excited about him, but you remember that he's a rookie, and do you let him kind of ease his way in there in a couple of package plays or something like that at first and then eventually let him establish himself? So if we're ranking it that way, I got AP, then McKissick, then Gibson, and then I, I got Love. Okay, I agree with you. I, I I have Peyton Barber as the odd man out, possibly a uh, practice squad. He might get picked up by other teams, um, but still, you know, send him to the practice squad in case there is an injury or something like that. But like like you were saying with Fournette, I don't think he would fit just because of how our running back room is going to work out. Leonard Fournette needs like 30 carries a game to be effective. He's just a volume rusher. Like, yes, he can catch the ball and stuff, but he needs at least like 30 touches on the ball to do what you expect out of a running back. So if you have AP and you do have Gibson and McKissick in the game, it, it kind of limits what he would do in this offense. Right. You know, I know we could pick him up off the waivers and he would probably be incredibly cheap. We could have a one-year deal with him. You know, if AP retires after this season, then okay, we kind of have somebody. We don't have to keep him. It's not a long-term thing, but I still just think it could take away from a lot of players this year like Gibson touching the ball and McKissick um, and possibly some other younger guys if we were to bring someone else on if that gets cut. Um, but I just don't think he's going to fit. I think with this running back room, we're going to see Gibson um, in the backfield a lot, but also lined up as a receiver a lot. I mean, people are forgetting in Memphis, it was pretty much 50-50 with rushing and receiving. Um, and a lot of fans actually hated this pick at the time. I, I, I remember there was a good bit of the fan base that was like, who is this guy and why do we get him? And yeah. I, I see uh, a lot of people are more on board with him now. Yeah, I feel like people were kind of like, well, where does he fit? What does he do best? And the answer is he kind of does both best. Everything. So <laughs> kind of watching him now, I think people are realizing, oh, we could have a potential weapon here. So, um, yeah, I'm excited about him and all the different places he can line up. And then, you know, does he go out there with a J.D. McKissick? Does he go out there with a Bryce Love or AP or whatever and really kind of cause some matchup issues? Because, I, you know, I, the wide receiver group, while I think there's some promise there, I think that uh, I think they're going to have to get creative with who some of their playmakers are. And I think having a couple of running backs that can do a little bit of everything is going to help with that. Yeah, and, you know, Gibson's gotten a lot of special team snaps too. So something to keep an eye on. So we're, we're talking about wide receivers. One wide receiver that has stepped up big time in camp, probably has had the biggest camp, uh, surprised a lot of people, is Cam Sims. He's been making the most of, of his opportunity, and I personally am a huge Cam Sims fan because he went to Alabama. I mean, I, I've been watching this guy since high school, and I mean, but you got to remember that the injury history is there. What kind of concern do you have with Cam? Are you worried about that injury history? Yeah, I'm a little nervous about it because I feel like, you know, what is this, the the third year that we, we've talked about him being promising and then it just kind of hasn't come to fruition, you know, and, you know, he's nowhere to be found by, you know, halfway through the season. So I, I, it sounds like he's making plays and I hope that he can he can stay healthy because I think he has the the frame to, to do it. I mean, 6'5 is oh, ridiculous. Yeah. 
Um, we've seen him kind of make some acrobatic catches from whether it be practice or preseasons past. So, oh yeah, the Jets uh, game, dude, he had me so hyped. I was like, right. finally, this is the Cam Sims. Like I remember the the Under Armour All American. Like this is it. Like he's finally coming to it, and then boom, just injuries again. Yeah, and I I think I think he is gonna sneak his way on just based on you know what we're hearing. You don't really hear a lot out of Trey Quinn. You know, does that mean that he's gone? I know you're not a big fan of him. No. I, I like the fact that he he's been around. He, he kind of disappears when the season starts, but he's re, you know he's available, which is not which is yeah. uh, you know don't scoff at that. We talked about the the injuries, you know you know to be available is huge there, but you kind of want a little bit more out of Trey Quinn. So maybe they do go with a Cam Sims, who his 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 size is just ridiculous, and maybe they think this is the year that he stays healthy. But I, I think I'm with you. Uh, I'm excited for him, and I think that I think that he sneaks on as the fifth or sixth wide receiver. What okay. What about you? Where are you Where are you at? Five, six guys. Where Where are you, where are you leaning? So I have us keeping six receivers. Um, this one is actually really hard. Um, so I I I think we do keep Trey Quinn on just because he does have special team reps, and he's been taking a good bit of special team reps in camp. Um, so I have, you know, obviously Terry, uh, Steven Sims, I think Enman starts the kind of like we talked about last week over AGG. I don't think he finishes the season at wide receiver one, but I mean, he's been on the team for like what, like less than two weeks and him and Haskins have already made plenty of plays, you know, scoring touchdowns already. So, um, I, you know, that's something I take notice of. And Ron has said multiple times vets over the young guys. There's just young guys. That's not going to make the team this year because of some of the vets. Um, so because of that reason, I have Inman starting on the other side of Terry. Then I have, um, AGG and I have, like you said, Cam Sims being the last one on the team. This one, this one was hard. I didn't really see anything out of Tony Brown today, by the way. Someone that we signed, let go of Darvin Kidsey, sadly, um, but picked up Brown, um, old teammate of uh, Steven Montez, the uh, undrafted quarterback we signed from Colorado. But I actually have Wright on the practice squad. That was the hard one for me. Do you, I, and I asked my buddies earlier, like, do y'all think that Isaiah Wright makes the team? So you don't think he does either? See, I, I don't know. I think honestly it comes down to you know, I think it's I think it's right, Cam Sims, Trey Quinn. I think that, you know, you could end up with two out of those three guys. Uh I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. But yeah, right now I think that uh I think Wright is the odd man looking out. I think he is a guy that they maybe try to stash on the practice squad. Another guy who's got great size, but you know, an undrafted rookie. It's kind of tough in in a year like this for an undrafted rookie to kind of make some noise without a whole lot of preseason work, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think Trey Quinn, uh, Trey Quinn, and Cam Sims are the safe bet there on the back end. And I'm with you all the way, the rest of the way. Terry uh, and Inman on the outside, uh, Steve Sims in the slot, and AGG eventually working his way into a regular rotation. Yeah, I want to see. I mean, I know Sims was really explosive in special teams last year. I mean, he ran back that one kickoff. But I want to see him more focus on that slot role and let a guy like Gibson or if Isaiah Wright does make the team um, or give Trey Quinn, you know, that backup slot position but also have a major role in special teams. Just pray to God he doesn't keep fumbling the ball. Um, like in a perfect world, you have Sims focused on the slot role and just dominating that. And then you have other people on the team stepping up on special teams. 
Um, so just a couple nuggets here. Shout out to my guy, Alan Lapori, full press coverage. Um, I was reading his article today on his prediction of his final uh, 53 because, believe it or not, we cut our team down to 53 by 4 p.m. this Saturday, September 5th. It's but crazy just, how close it is. Dude, it, it's like, like we talked about earlier, it's so weird because like we didn't have that preseason vibe. It's just like night, day, boom, season starts. But yep. a couple of things to remember. Practice squad size has increased from 10 to 16 this year. Veterans are allowed to be kept on the practice squad this year. Uh, teams can, quote-unquote, call up a maximum of two players from the practice squad on game day. So that could be, you know, if we put Cam Sims on the practice squad and we need to call up um, an extra wide receiver or like a Reuben Foster, that could definitely be an option. And then you have Isaiah Wright just start the game. Um, but also teams can protect a maximum of four players on their practice squad from being signed by other teams. So it's definitely a different year. There's going to be some strategy going into it, especially, you know, with the veteran players. Who do you protect? Who can you quote-unquote like call up on game day? I think Cam Sims could be one of those guys um, just because, you know, he's been around longer than Isaiah Wright. But I think Cam makes the team. He's been having a great camp. He's been showing that body size. You know, like you said, 6'5". You can't teach that. Um, you just pray that he stays healthy. So I think we pretty much agree on the wide receivers. I mean, do you think there could be even like a signing if another team cuts, you know, like a vet wide receiver that Ron could take a look at? Do you think that would even be an option this close to the season? I don't think so. And I think if it if it were, it'd have to be somebody that has some history in a Scott Turner, Ron Rivera offense. Somebody that could come in right away and know the playbook. Because you're, you're right, there's not a whole lot of time left to try to figure out a new system. It'd have to be a, a stud that for some odd reason that's not ever going to happen would be cut for them to go sign a, a veteran guy. But it, it would have to be somebody that, that is out there that got cut, that has had some history in Carolina and, and you know, would be able to come in and, and jump in there right away. But, yeah, I don't see a, a veteran coming in. I think that's what Inman – is and was uh, for them, and I think that that they're going to roll with these five or six, whatever they narrow it down to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like I said, it's just too close to the season. That's one thing that kind of worries me about signing a guy like Riley Reef. You know, even if it would be a good value at a position yeah. that we need that in, you're asking a guy to come in and learn a whole new offense in less than a week. That's right. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, the right point. It, that's just a tough task to ask of anybody. Um, but still, might be worth. The, the while if it's protecting Haskins in the long run. Um, but taking a look at the scrimmage today, first off, I feel like there's a lot of confusion about this, and I want to talk about this. To me, when I think of a scrimmage, I'm thinking a day at Alabama, you got Crimson versus White, first team versus first team for like the first quarter, then you got second team and third team playing like a whole game. Like what, what did you think was going to happen today? Yeah, I guess I was basing off what I heard last week with that. And, you know, it was it was postponed. Uh, for 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 great reasoning um, and so I thought they were going to come out there they're going to run some game type situations like you said have a have a true you know practice game um, and it really just turned into a walkthrough so it was a yeah. it was a little disappointing in that regard but uh, maybe maybe that's because Sunday was such a great practice like we talked about maybe that was good enough for Ron Rivera and 
maybe he he changed his mind or maybe I'm just totally misunderstanding because I thought that's what it was going to be. But it sounds like uh, they knew it was going to be just a walkthrough and it was just kind of a walkthrough for everybody. But uh, it would have been nice to have it, you know, if they were going to televise something, to have it something more closely related to football, I guess, is what I'm just a little uh, disappointed. I mean, I'm not going to get too up in arms. It sounds like everybody came out healthy. So that's all you can really ask for. But I was looking forward to kind of seeing, uh, you know, the the first team offense going against the first team defense in a game type situation. Same. Yeah, to me, this I wanted this to be like the grand finale. Like, you know, we haven't been able to see much footage and stuff uh, because of all of the, you know, regulations and rules. And it's not the team's fault. People are like coming at JP and then like, why aren't you giving us videos more and this, this and that? Like, they literally can't. Like they're, right. they're they're doing a great job with what they have to work with. Literally, just sending out mass tweets of every single play. So, like to me, that's been good enough. But I, I just I just wanted just a full pad practice, just people hitting each other and seeing you know what to expect week one. Like I was like you said, ones versus ones, running that a couple you know a couple drives, just seeing what to expect, seeing what the schemes were going to be looking like, seeing who the potential starters could be. Um, but it, w- it was kind of a letdown. I'm going to be honest with you. It was a letdown to me um, just because, like I said, maybe we're just overthinking it. But I was like, all right, this thing's going to be live. This thing's going to be like actual padded football. Um, but like I said, I feel like that's what Sunday was. So maybe that's why Ron said Sunday was the most important practice. Um, but it was good to see Jolie D. Hall and Bram. So what do you think about that trio um, for the, the new broadcast team? Yeah, I've been excited about that since since it came through. I, I wasn't I, when I first saw the tweet or somebody's tweet. I can't even remember. I was like, is this real? Because that sounds like a dream come true. I just <laughs> I'm a big fan of those three. Yeah. You know, I, I've loved Bram, you know, following him on ESPN. And, and, you know, I know he's a local guy and Julie's been great at, at her job, uh, you know, covering the team. And then now in her new role, I think that that's uh, awesome. And then I've always loved D Hall. And I, I think that uh, um, he's a smart player. He, he was always a smart player. And to hear that in the booth will be really cool. It will be a unique perspective. And uh, I'm just excited for it. You know, I think I am going to be go old school and watch the game and then tune into the radio at the same time and, and mute the TV because I'm excited for those those guys and to see what they ha- they have to bring yeah to be honest with you i didn't really pay attention to the broadcast team like in the last few years um only time was like when i'm driving down the road or like doing road trips and stuff like that and you had to listen to it but i'm i'm a lot more excited this season about the broadcast team than i have been in the past um so i checked out the youtube video if you haven't already uh it was posted a little late but highly recommend you check that out just to get a good idea of what it's going to be like but it had me excited because I'm like, this is what it's going to sound like on Sundays. Um, so like, we, we know what to expect. And this felt like more of a practice and a walkthrough for them. And they were saying the same thing. Like, this was their first time all together. You know, that wasn't an actual game, but it was still a good practice for them. So, um, you know, we're just hungry for football. I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. We just wanted some real games. Um, but um, taking a look at the tight end position, and we're going to talk about the defense on the next episode, um, but we kind of talked about the tight ends a little bit in the last one. The one thing that I learned at this scrimmage and then even on Sunday is that we were 100% uh, spot on on Marcus Ball being tight end uh, number two because Haskins loves that guy in the red zone. 
what do you think we can expect out of you know a newer guy like Marcus who we didn't really hear much out of before training camp going into this season? Do you have high expectations or kind of just you know this is the post Jordan Reed era? We're just trying to recover from that. Well, I'm not overly thrilled or excited about the tight end position. Uh, I thought that they could have tried to go after a bigger name, but maybe that's not Ron style and that's totally fine. And, you know, he got some value hopefully in Logan Thomas, a guy that has some great athleticism and hopefully that can translate out into the field. Um, so I'm not overly excited about a guy like Marcus Ball. I hope it works and I hope the connection with Dwayne, you know, I, I didn't know, um, that he even went to Ohio State. He just kind of popped up as a name, and then I slowly found out, you know, he went to Ohio State, knew mm -hmm. Dwayne Haskins, was in the Carolina system with Ron already. So you like to hear that, and so I hope that it works out. It sounds like a kind of a long shot at the moment, but like you said, it sounds like they're building a, a good relationship, and that's all you can ask for for a quarterback in his tight end. So I hope it works out, and I hope he comes out of nowhere and is a, is a stud for this team because – like you said, uh, you know, we, we were spoiled for a long time with Jordan Reed. You know, the injuries were, were awful, but he was such a good playmaker that we're kind of starved for that from the tight end position. So I'll take uh, whatever I can get from whoever will give it to us. Whoever's going to step up. Now, do you have us keeping three tight ends, or do you think we go four? I think, man, I, I don't know if you're going to be happy with this. I think I'm going to go three, and I think I'm leaving off your, your Bama guy, <sighs> Hale Hentges. Yeah. I think that uh, I think Logan Thomas and, and Ball are are locks, and I think that Sprinkle finds a way on one more time. It sounds like uh, Ron Rivera's been impressed with him. I haven't heard a lot out of Hale Hentges, which I was surprised by because I feel like he had a solid end to the year last year. So just going based off of what I heard and kind of what I've seen, uh, I'm gonna leave Hale uh, on on the outside looking in for the moment. So three with uh, Thomas Ball and Sprinkle. Yeah, sadly, I have to agree with you. Um, I have Hale going back to the practice squad. Um, but like you said, you know, he did have a good end of the season. I thought he would, you know, try to slide in there. But once again, uh, Rivera loves his guys that can play uh, multiple spots. And Sprinkle's been getting some special team reps. So that, that kind of uh, showed me that he's leaning more towards Sprinkle. So Richard Rodgers, to me, I haven't even heard him practice. No. So he's got to be out. I, and I was the weird thing was I was kind of excited, you know. I what? saw him make a couple of plays, and I don't. I think that was more Aaron Rodgers than anything. Looking back, oh, yeah. but I was like, maybe he was a, a secret that they found. But he, I don't even know <laughs> if he. I couldn't even tell you if he was out there. Like I don't think I've heard his name once. No, I mean he's been out for like what the last two seasons. He's been injured. Yeah. Like he hasn't played football like in three years. So I knew right away. Like this, there's no way this guy comes in. Like this, this is not our answer. Um, so I, I feel. I wouldn't say really good about Marcus Ball, but I feel a lot better than I thought I would. Um, Caleb Wilson was the guy I was really hoping for would pan out because, I mean, his his athletic abilities is off the charts on his measurements. Um, so I think we released him like a month ago or something like that. But So, yeah, I have Hale on the practice squad. Um, but if we have to call him in, I think he could uh, definitely step up. But Sprinkle, this is it for me. Like, if, if, he, if he doesn't step up this season, do you think we got to get rid of him? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, you know, I would love for Ball and Thomas to to surprise me out of nowhere, but I wouldn't be surprised if next year we're talking about three completely new tight ends. To to be honest with you, I, I just think that, 
you know, they're trying to see what they got here out of these guys, maybe get some value out of them where you didn't expect it. But I think that it could be a, a clean sweep. And yeah, Jeremy Sprinkle will be the first guy to go. He's just, he's, he's kind of a guy. And I think like we were saying, he's just been available the last few years, but they're, they're going to need more than available, especially with some of the other playmaking tight ends we're seeing in this league. You got to be able to, to do a little bit more. And I, I think Sprinkle's He's like an old school tight end. He'll block for you, and he's big, but uh, he just doesn't have the athleticism that I think you're looking for long term. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think it could be uh, the last straw for for Sprinkle. It's got to be. I mean, he he's had all the opportunities and all the third third down drops. That was just it for me after last season. Um, but I've had a lot of people reach out to me about one guy, and that is Garnett on the offensive line. Former first-round pick with the 49ers. We brought him in. Um, I've heard some good things about him. That's the only thing that, that sucks is like not being able to watch. Like I want to see how these guys are actually performing myself. Do you think it's a long shot that Garnett makes the team, or do you think Ron sees that potential in him, or what do you think about Garnett? I think he could sneak in there, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he ran with the ones at one point. I thought I remember mm-hmm. reading that somewhere. So, like you said, a former first-round pick, you know, that doesn't really mean anything, but, you know, he's been in the league. Uh You know, I don't think that Wes Martin, you know, has the job completely locked up, but... I feel like Wes Martin's going to be the guy. So do you want a, a guy like Joshua Garnett for depth? I think that could certainly help. Uh, but like you said, I just don't know enough about him. And yeah. um, I don't know uh, what he's got in the tank and what, what he's done. Um, it is encouraging, like you said, a, a first-round pick. That, that just means a guy's been in the league for a while and has shown some talent. So I, I'd love for him to sneak in there. Um, see, that's a just that's just another thing though that makes me nervous about the offensive line. I don't want to harp on it, but the fact that they we're bringing in a free agent, you know, the team's bringing in a free agent. What was this a, like last sometime last week? Yeah. And he's he's rolling with the ones only a few days later. Maybe they're just trying to see what they've got in him. But that just makes me nervous for the season moving forward. If a guy can just step in like that and already steal snaps away it just it leaves me very uneasy um and again again don't get me wrong i hope i'm proven wrong by all these guys by martin and christian but i just feel very very nervous about that left side yeah i think he's gonna provide good depth for us i mean sheriff has you know had his injuries what was it his uh arm last season um, so, you that know, sounds right. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, we have that history of getting injured to the offensive line. So I feel like, you know, the fact that he did run with the ones, I heard some good things about him. I think he would at least provide depth. I have him making the team behind Sheriff as that backup. Um, sadly, I hate to put two of my Bama guys on the practice squad, but I think Ross Piercebacher, who I was really high on, I had high hopes for. I think he gets sent to the practice squad. Um, so just something else to keep an eye on. Like I said, we're doing cuts on saturday it's nuts um so we're gonna take a look at the defense on the next episode but sun this this scrimmage the two guys that have been making huge splashes is cameron curl and darby finally got his interception uh, on this scrimmage what have you been thinking about cam curl i don't want to talk too much about it but the guy stepped up someone that went from uh who is this guy in the seventh to a guy that has three interceptions in training camp yeah, I feel like his name just keeps popping up with uh, big plays, and that's definitely what you want out of a, a defensive back, out of a safety. So, um, you know, I'll, it'll be interesting to see. that It seems like it's kind of crowded 
over there in the defensive back uh, area. You got a lot um, of vets. He would, yeah, he would, you know, just looking ahead, he would be a fifth safety. Is that something, does the math work out there? So that's definitely something to dive into. But I, I like what I've seen so far, and I like what I've heard. It's definitely not a bad problem to have when your seventh uh, round pick is making some plays in training camp. Yeah, so I think that's something we're going to have to really take a look at next week. Strowman's making plays as he make this team. Sean Davis has been really quiet. Is he even healthy? You know, he was on the IR last season, didn't didn't play much last season with the Steelers. So what's his health like? So there's a lot we have to talk about next week. Um, but real quick before we go, something else that came out, we kind of talked about it last week, the whole the Dan drama. So it looks like tonight Dan went ahead and just gave everything over to the NFL and the NFL is now taking over the investigation of the Washington football team. How do you think this turns out? Is that a good sign to you or is that a bad sign? Uh, I think it's a bad sign for, for Dan Snyder. Uh, I, I think, but I think it was the right call. That just doesn't make sense for something like this to be investigated by the team and by lawyers hired by the team. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem very, neutral so i think it just makes sense for the nfl to come in to be unbiased and to really take a look at at what's going on um you know maybe they'll find out more details uh, that that we didn't know about and that would would not have come out had it not been for a fair a fair group to take a look at i i just don't know enough about it and i don't know exactly uh how this is going to turn out but um you got to think it's serious when the NFL is stepping in and basically saying, hey, no, we're going to look at this. So it, it's definitely worth keeping an eye on. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, nothing with this team would ever surprise me. You know, <laughs> is, is the owner gone, you know, one week before the season starts? It, it honestly wouldn't shock me. That's, so That's like the icing uh, on the cake to me. Right, yeah. It just kind of would seem perfect for 2020 and for, for the offseason for this team. So. I don't think Dan Snyder's going to go anywhere. Uh, you know, I just kind of have a feeling he's going to hang on and he's going to make his way through this. Um, but th- then again, I'm not closing the door on on him being kicked out either. So uh, I could see it going either way. I don't I don't mean to ride the fence, but it just I, you never know with this team. Yeah. I think it's it's a good sign that he is the one that decided to turn it over to the NFL. I mean, he released a statement tonight saying, like, I think it's in the best interest of both sides that the NFL just completely take over the investigations. Like, I feel like he wouldn't play too innocent if there was so much, you know, to cover up. And I think there is a lot still that we don't know about. But the fact that he, you know, was willing to just give over to the NFL, it's a, it's a sign, like a ray of hope that, you know, it's not as bad as it could be, but... Like you said, if this was just to just come in a week before the season, Dan Snyder out, I wouldn't be surprised. But I, I don't think it's going to come to that with everything else that other owners have done around the league. I mean, is this is this the worst that's happened around the league, or do, would you say like the craft is worse than this? Yeah, I mean, I think there's others. You know, Robert Kraft, Jerry Richardson. I, I think I've heard that a lot. That a lot of these owners wouldn't want to kick Dan Snyder out for fear of the skeletons in their own closet. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, that's like an awful way to look at it though. Cause you, you want to keep everybody accountable and you'd love to just get rid of all the, the scumbag owners. But uh, I, I think you're right. I think that it seems like Dan Snyder knows that the stuff they have on them is not bad enough to, to, to get him out of there. Um, so it, it just remains to be seen what, what happens there. 
but like we're saying, I, you know, it's I'm not going to be shocked to wake up one morning and find he's been forced to sell the team. Like yeah. that just completely is not out of the realm of possibility. Never I don't think it's going to happen, field. but it, it would not completely shock me. Yeah, no, I mean, I. So if someone was to buy the team, who's your number one? Just I know this is completely hypothetical, but if you were to pick one owner, who would it be? I mean, it makes a lot of sense with Jeff Bezos being up there. Um, man alive, yeah. Yeah, and the you know, say what you want about Amazon and all and all that, uh, but he he runs it pretty well. It's a pretty well run uh, organization. I wouldn't mind you know that kind of that kind of. Uh, I don't know leadership uh, for my football team, but honestly, the the owner of the team, you know, I, I wish it, it just wasn't as big a deal as it's become with this team. You know, I just want somebody who will buy it and get out of the way, and we yeah. we haven't had that in a long time. So whoever it is, just buy it and get out of the way if it's not Dan Snyder. I would I would imagine what that that stadium looks like if uh, Jeff does buy the team. That would, I'd I'd be all for it. Yeah, you know, it'd be, be Amazon field. I mean, oh, what, whatever, Amazon something. That'd be like an aquarium, like under the field, like going yeah. on live runs playing. I couldn't even imagine what he would spend his money on. But definitely something to keep an eye on. If something does happen, we will hit y'all up right away with an episode. But like I said, we're going to talk about our predictions for the defensive side of the ball. I think special teams is pretty much a wrap. You got the old faithful with our special teams i don't see that changing uh so we'll talk about defense on the next episode and then give our reactions to the final uh roster cuts on saturday so stay tuned for that this has been another episode of the birdie number podcast see y'all later Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.